You're listening to Rust Belt Running. Running is what makes me realize that, like, I'm a human being who is worth something. That is not a good measurement of my value as a human. We get between eight and 10,000 additional comments, and I read every one of them. So you had to run Sand Run for your first. You become race director and take it out. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's got to be old guy naked in the locker room. I, I get to spend time with my friend Adam. I get to do something with my friend. Right now, I'm not thinking much beyond what I'm going to be drinking next week at this time. Coleslaw on a taco is not taco, it's barbecue. And so we'll be discussing tonight with some occasional swear words from Andrew because he's upset. And that's okay. I know him as the biggest Kid Rock fan around. You rap that. <laughs> oh, dear God. You're listening to Rust Belt Running. I'm Adam Wheeler, joined as I always am by Andrew Hedinger. You can find me on social media at Wheels Up in CLE. You can find Andrew on social media at Andrew Runs A Lot. If you want to find the podcast itself on social media, you can find us at Rust Belt Running. Andrew, how are you doing, bud? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm not as sore as I thought I would be. I ran a 10K yesterday, and I thought I was going to wake up like an old man unable to move, and I actually feel pretty good. I'm turning into an old man because I went downstairs to grab uh, another cup of coffee in my water bottle, and I grabbed the cup of coffee, but I just now looked down and realized I don't think I have my water bottle. <laughs> so I I'm feel sorry. like an idiot. I have the world's worst short-term memory, so that's not so much an old man thing. It's just something I would do on a typical day. Yeah, it's that's really annoying. I'm like, I know I had it in my hand, so I'm like looking around. I because I was having camera issues before we got on. I was like, maybe I, uh, maybe I like set it on the floor or something when I was messing with my computer. No, right. I also got really heated before we came on here. We were having a discussion about yes. something. and I, some, some well, catharsis. Yeah, we're definitely not going to go down that rabbit hole today. Some catharsis. Yeah. So it's a, it's a long weekend. We celebrated um, Independence Day Yep. Uh, on July 4th, the 4th of July. And uh, I was... did. You, you said you ran a 10K. Uh, did, you, did you do anything else uh, enjoyable? For the uh, holiday weekend, I mean, you work service, so you don't. You're yeah. not like me with a four day weekend. Yeah, yeah. No, unfortunately, last night we're recording this on Monday the fifth. So yeah, last night I had to work, and we were one of the few places open. So what I thought might be a slow shift turned into a ball busting shift after running a 10k. So you can imagine how enjoyable that was. Um, yeah. No, the weekend was good. Um, you know, it just kind of our continuing theme of like normalcy returning um i went and saw the cleveland orchestra at blossom on the third um i'm not a very cultured person but the cleveland orchestra is one of the cultured things i allow myself um i usually see their christmas concerts and if they play at blossom around the fourth of july i always go see them because if there's if you like just a little bit of classical music i like it a little bit the 1812 Overture is one of those pieces you need to see performed live by people that know how to perform it. And the orchestra does it very, very well. Um, and it was just cool because like the lawn, well, I had lawn tickets at Blossom. The lawn was absolutely packed. And it was another one of those moments of like, oh, yeah, that's what this feels like. Um, so that was that was a lot of fun. And then, yeah, I turned right back around, ran a 10K yesterday, which that didn't happen last year. 
Uh, and that's a 10K that I've done usually every 4th of July that I've been healthy since I started running. That was like the first race that I discovered after I ran my my first race back in 2011. So that's always been kind of a 4th of July tradition for me. So I did that and did well, saw friend of the pod, Varel Wyatt there. And as soon as I saw Varel there, I knew that I was finishing one spot lower than I might otherwise have finished. <laughs> um, that guy, he takes third. So the, the way this race works, they do a 5K and a 10K, but they run them separately so that you can run both if you want to. So Varel goes out, takes third in the 5K. What was his time in the fine 5K? You know, I don't know. Give me a minute and I can find it for you. Um, but then he turns right back around and finishes first in the 10K. And it's a hilly course. It is a rough course. You run it. So it starts out in Medina Square and heads downhill for about a half mile. But then you have about two to three miles of uphills. And then you then you return to the start line. So you do get a net downhill for the last half of the race. Right. But it's it's punctu- It's like you go downhill and then you have a, a steep uphill that ends it. And then you go downhill again and then you have another short, steep uphill that ends that. So it is, it is not an easy course at all. Um, which is why I'm surprised I'm not more sore than I am, but, uh, yeah, yeah. He just went out and, you know, ho-hum I'll podium in both races. Yeah. I have a theory as to why you're not so sore. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can talk about that. Um, making a note. So remember to go back to it. That's what we call a tease. (laughs) Uh, Varel's, 5k time was 1521 15 15 seconds behind the winner i know and then he ran a 33 something for the let's see 10k 3316 you know what i do love you know what i do love about this race um you know getting a little bit older now i'm 38 the race always draws um high school students and early college students from local high schools, you know, so Medina high school, Highland high school, and they always show up and they've got their, they've got their track shorts and they usually run without shirts right up your alley. Um, My people, man. And they always start out really fast. And like I said, the first half miles of downhill. So they always start out really fast. And so we get to that start line and I, I, it's a smaller race. I start closer to the front cause I know I'm going to be somewhere near the front and you know, the start gun goes off and they fly, they take off down that downhill. And I'm just like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, as soon as we hit that uphill, I'll start picking you guys off one by one. And sure enough, we get to that uphill and the young bloods, not quite as experienced maybe as the old man. I start picking them off one by one. And it's like, I know I'm not gonna be able to do this much longer, but I'm going to enjoy this while I can. That's how that's how it feels at the Made in America half marathon down here. I know I've talked about that one a few mm-hmm. times, but yeah, it, you get to you get all these kids who go out and you get to like mile seven or eight. <laughs> yep, they're they're toast, dude. I mean, it is just yeah, one after the other. Really? The other. I mean, it's yeah, it's a blast every time. Yeah, it's it's total vengeance for all the five Ks that they just torch you in. <laughs> yeah, where it's just pure speed and they're gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, I want to say Varel said he lost to a couple of. He mentioned about like losing to a couple of younger guys in the five K. So I think he had his revenge too. Yeah, that's how that had to feel. Good fifteen. What was it? Fifteen. Fifteen twenty one, and then thirty three sixteen. <laughs> 
that is ungodly fast. I yeah. Mean, well, and it's funny because the when you when you finish going down that initial downhill, you turn onto a main road, and you're on that road for a solid mile and a half, maybe almost two miles. So you can see clearly all the way, and there is a police car that leads so that you can follow. And so, I mean, I'm running a good race. I feel right. good about where I'm at, and I'm looking off in the distance, and I can see the police car, and it's like, damn, Varel's up there. Like, that's Varel <laughs> right behind that police car, and he seems so far away. Oh, man. But no, it was a good time. I had a really good time. My sister's been in town with my nephews, so I got to see them a little bit. Um, it sucks having siblings and nephews and a niece that don't live in town. So mm-hmm. um, I've kind of been rearranging my schedule. They've been in town for two and a half weeks because she works remotely and my brother-in-law's somewhere in the Middle East right now. So she came up with them and you know, it's tough because they've got their schedules and I've got my schedule and the families have their schedules, but it's been a nice two and a half weeks rearranging my schedule and seeing them as much as I can. And it's every time I, I see those little guys, they're doing something new, something different. And that's, that's right. fun as an uncle. So I, I, I had a good weekend. How was yours? Uh, I did not have as much fun uh, seeing Varel as you did. Yeah, I'm sorry. You got uh, poked and prodded like a pin oh, cushion. Oh, dude. When... So I've I've been battling some of this heel pain. I was really hoping to get out for the North Canton five mile on Saturday. And I I did not. This pain was just after that Jackson night glow the week before. I think the effort really, uh, yeah, it did a number to me. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I just don't think there's any severe injury, but it just was not yeah. getting, it was nothing was getting better. Right. Definitely. And I was taking time off and I was like, okay, this isn't getting better. This is not, I, I can't run until I see Burrell basically is where yeah. I got. And we had some, we had some scheduling issues syncing up between him getting caught on the other side of the country. Right. Uh, and then work kind of messing up my schedule went on the rescheduled appointment. Um, he was able to fit me in on Friday. And I tell you what, when you go to see Varel, if he utters the words, uh, we go get down to business. <laughs> I can or, hear it. And, or or uh, then, then he's like, we're, we're throwing the kitchen sink at you this time. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, oh man. Those are just not words you want to hear. No. And if I will say. Physical therapist, no. So the second time getting dry needled, I, I think, is easier than the first time. The first time was really, really difficult. I, yeah. Probably. I agree with that one not knowing what to expect and two some of the worst areas that had never been treated he was taking care of that right. were going to be the most painful regardless it wasn't too bad on friday still not something you want to hear uh but uh gosh yeah it was i feel a little better i'm feeling some relief uh he did mm-hmm. tell me to go run i'm going to wait i am still i'm not going to run back to back days for a while Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna make sure I give myself a full recovery day after each run just for right now. I mean that might be like a week, yeah. maybe two. And we're gonna talk at some point in the coming weeks about uh, rest time because that's important. Very. And uh, I'm a, and I'm a, I'm a big proponent of rest. If you've ever listened to this podcast, you you do a lot of times you'll be like I took a day off, but you kind of will shift your workout around. Yeah, you'll move it to another day. I'm the dude who's like, if I needed to take that workout off, I needed to take it off 
not move it to another day. So you and I are a little different on that. I will just take an I'll, extra day off. And I'll revisit that. What's that? I said, and when you're done, I'll revisit that, why I do that. And it's okay. Yeah. So please continue. Well, or we can save it for the rest podcast. I'm just, yeah. You know, it's just kind of where I am right now. No, and and that makes sense. I think a lot of that does depend on where you're at fitness wise. And when you're still trying to build the way you are, it makes more sense to just give yourself that time off and say it's better to be healthy to continue the build as opposed to forcing things through. Yeah. I, I do it when I'm in really good shape and training too, but neither here nor there. We'll, we'll discuss that another day. Uh, but yeah, so I've, I've, and I'm also not going to run a sub eight minute mile. That's going to be another, that's another thing I'm kind of putting on myself. I'm not letting myself run uh, any relative medium hard effort at all until I really feel like I'm running pain free again. Mm-hmm. Uh but I think I'm getting there. Varel is helping. Uh, yeah, I got some dry needling done. He attached some electrodes to my needles. And uh, that was an interesting sensation as well. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. The kitchen sink, my friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it did not. It was not great, but it wasn't terrible. I actually didn't mind the electrode part. So Thursday night, I, we made a new friend, uh, Kenna. Yeah. At... Uh, we, we, we attempted a live stream and I will say the content was great. And we had a lot of great interaction and feedback. Our sound quality might've been absolute. It sounded like we were talking into potatoes the whole time, but things we have to solve. Yes. And, and, solve. But, but we want to solve it because we yeah. had a lot of fun there, but we made mm-hmm. a new friend, Kenna, who went into the uh, cryo chamber that, uh, Varel has that physio balance and sports Ooh, performance now. That was and an experience. That was, I got to see you without pants on. And um, imagine uh, me naked. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, I was in boxers. I want to make that very clear to our listening audience. Um, I didn't feel the need to. I didn't feel the need to update the record after you posted to our story that they had to put up the screen. <laughs> I'm doing the no pants dance. You know what was funny too is I, I was low on laundry, and so I was absolutely wearing one of my pairs of like Christmas boxers. So for the <laughs> That's awesome. for the minus one twenty four degrees that I stepped into, um, it was I could have planned that any better. So we made a new friend, Kenna, and she yeah. said she does not like the electric stimulation. Mm-hmm. It's so it's so funny how people differ on that. Now, yeah. I've always used a TENS unit, so I'm very accustomed to that sensation. Right. I loved it. Like, Varel did it. He, like, he, he just told me it can't hurt. Once it hurts, I have to dial it down. Tell me when it hurts. And I was like, all right. So he, he got up, and I was like, right there. And mm-hmm. he turned it down just a little bit. And then I was like, man, this feels good. But Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm also talking about like my heel. That's an area you can't like, I try to get there with my massage gun and I can feel where I need to get, but it's like, it's in there. Yeah. So the only way to really get that stimulation was how Varel did it. And yeah, that I, I was there. I was like, man, this actually feels good. Like I'm, I'm getting that stimulation where I need it. That's what she said. And man, we have two really good sitcom references. Yeah. In a few minutes. Oh, 
I'm surprised it took us that long to do get a, the sneak a modern family reference in. Well, because now that I know we both love the show, I feel like that's <laughs> going to happen more often. Well, and I'm watching it a lot more now too because I since it's on Peacock and I'm just kind of running through old sitcoms I love. Um, Dylan is the best character ever. So I there was uh, uh that the Modern Family is amazing. Here we go again. Modern Family is amazing because they pay attention to the details. Like the little things like mm-hmm. Dylan calling Haley and saying, I left my shoes at your uncle's house. <laughs> Maybe they won't notice they're gay. They'll notice. <laughs> I just love uncle's is <laughs> it's just so stupid. But uh, anyways, As is Dylan. So it works so well. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I had a theory of why you weren't sore after your 10 K. And you you had posted actually on Friday morning because you, yeah. you went in, you did the minus 124. I did the minus 124 with Varel and Kenna. You can go in with multiple people. Yep. Um, they also have like different plans and stuff on how you can get in there. It doesn't like yeah. require an appointment per se. We This is a non-paid uh, testimonial. Correct. But yeah, so... Like, tell me a little bit about what you thought, because you you were pretty quick to come out and uh, talk about how you felt. And I think maybe you weren't as sore because you had that. Yeah, I, I absolutely can see that being true. I so, you know, you go in, it's a three minute experience. You're in there for three minutes, minus 124. Um, and I wish. I wish we'd been able to. Do it at the same time so that we could compare experiences right immediately after getting out. Obviously, you're going to shiver a ton being in minus 124. But what I found weird about it and interesting about it was that after I got out, like you get out and you think the shivering is going to stop. It didn't for me. And I think that's because as your body's warming up, you're burning a ton of calories, something like 800 calories yeah, um, to warm up. And so I went from like shivering because I was cold to shivering because I think I just burned so much so fast. I was starving. But... Varel talked to us about how it helps decrease inflammation, um, helps you feel better, like you can handle harder challenges faster. He actually talked about how he had to dial some of his training back because he had felt so good after cryotherapy that he was pushing himself uber hard, thinking that he was in a condition to do that. And really the cryotherapy had just made him feel so good. He wasn't noticing the impact of some of those harder efforts. Right. Um, so yeah, I ran 10 miles of hills the next day and I was amazed at how effortless it felt. And it wasn't necessarily a pace that I haven't run before. I went back and looked and I did a similar pace back in, uh, I think sometime in May. But what I did notice was how effortless that effort felt. And then, uh, yeah, followed it up yesterday, did my 10 K and, I would not call that effortless. That course beat me up. But I do think having gotten the cryotherapy done and dealt with maybe some of the inflammation that accumulates during training, and I'm starting to ramp up effort again after taking a few weeks at much lower mileage after my 10 miler, I think the cryotherapy really has left me feeling more capable of tackling some of those harder workouts and not feeling the strain of it as much after now, something, something, a, a thought that I had as I was in the middle of my 10-mile hill run the day after I did the cryotherapy was that I need to make sure that I'm mindful of that feeling because I can absolutely see what Varel is talking about, that when you feel so fresh after having gotten it done, it is easy to think that 
you're capable of pushing yourself harder when really it's just the pushing yourself doesn't make you feel as stressed as it might otherwise would. Right. Um, you know, so it's like you talked about how you don't want to run a mile faster than eight minutes a mile. You know, I need to make sure that I'm not running my easy miles faster than I need to, which is right. always a problem for me. Something I've said before I need to work on. Um, and I need to make sure that I'm dialing in at my training paces. I've run my training paces for what my marathon plan should be. And I need to make sure that I'm sticking to them because now I've got a half a year's worth of data about where my fitness is at. And I need to make sure that I, I lock that in because if I push myself too hard, I'm going to have the same issue that Pharrell had, which is that I'm going to train too hard, overtrain and get hurt. So I know where I should be. If I'm feeling good with where I should be, that's great. And just make sure that I'm, I'm respecting the training and what it can do to me. Yeah. I'm having a similar situation to that cryotherapy thing, which we'll talk about like the, the perceived effort is kind of changed. Yes. And I think that's kind of what led maybe what led to kind of what I'm going through. My perceived effort has changed a lot yeah. over the last six weeks. And ah, man, I still haven't decided when we're going to talk about that, but uh, yeah, I think that's, that's real. So it's something to be aware of when you do yeah. something, but that, that shows the benefits of it for sure. hundred percent. Like I, uh, when I was in the middle of that 10 mile run right after I had the thought of like, I need to make sure that I keep this in mind and respect what it can do to that perceived effort. I then thought, man, you got to make sure you do this right before you run your marathon in the fall. Right. Like it's kind of like a last step of recovery in that taper before I toe off. And I, I had asked Pharrell, I was like, when, when do you do? Because, you know, I'll usually do like a massage like 10 days before. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's when I usually do my do like a massage before a full. And this I so I wondered, you know, what's kind of the uh, guideline with this? Because, I mean, when that when that rush of blood hits, I mean, the toxins that are as, as you warm up, that shock that you get. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what? What? how long do you need for those toxins to be flushing out of your system? And he was, he was just like, do the day before. Mm -hmm. And it, it kind of sounds like based on your run and uh, I slept really well, but based on your run, uh, what um, that like, maybe, yeah, it is a day before, like yeah. go, go get that like a day, maybe two days before, if you don't want to like totally mess up your routine. Uh, but yeah, get it like very close to before a race. And that could yeah. definitely pay some massive, massive dividends. So check out uh, Physio Balance and Sports Performance, their cryo. Oh, he, he, he has a gun too, a, uh, a cryo gun. And he used that on my heel. Oh. Because so, that's, that's, that's an area that you can't, uh, I mean, you're, I'm wearing socks. You're wearing socks yeah. when you go in, those thick wool socks. So, you know, my heel didn't really get anything from that. Mm -hmm. But he does have also a, like, uh, you know, he, he can focus that cryotherapy on specific areas. And he can hit those areas like your feet that may, right. may still benefit from it, but can't benefit from it in the chamber itself. Right. So. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. He's got a lot of good stuff going on over there. Again, mm -hmm. this is totally unpaid. We just totally really, unpaid. We just really like Varel. We I and I've really enjoyed my visits. I have another visit this week uh, with Varel to uh, continue to work on this. 
and he's got two offices, uh, so it can be convenient for you. Only one has the cryo. I was just gonna say the one has the only the one has the cryo. Uniontown so. has the cryo, but he's also got an office in Fairline. I'll actually be at the Fairline office on Thursday. So okay, um, yeah. Ho- hopefully, I can hopefully I can get back to some to some good running. Uh, I, you know, I've, I'm, I'm missing it. Last week was man missing that that five mile race really sucked because that's what I've talked. I talk about that race a lot. Yeah. You're really looking forward to it to have it taken away last year. And then this year have it where it's like, yes, it's back. It's back. And you know, I'm running. So I'm running so great. I'm going to, uh, I PR the five K and it was almost a 10th of a mile long and right. I still PR, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to P- smash my PR at a five mile race too. And just to last second, not be able to do it. That mm-hmm. was, I was actually like really depressed, like midweek. I was just, I was just so bummed that I wasn't going to be able to, uh, to be there. Right. And it is what it is, but my goal isn't that one singular race. Had I gone and raced, I probably would have actually damaged myself. So right. it's a good thing I didn't, but, <sighs> We're going to give another unpaid testimonial here to uh, Mary Kane and what she's been doing. We talked about Mary Kane uh, probably about 10 months ago. Yeah. Is that about when it was, when that story broke? Uh, the, Feels uh, right. The kind of mental uh, and phys- physical abuse in the sense of how she was trained. Uh, but, you know, mental abuse, uh, body shaming uh, at the hands of... Uh, all-time scumbag Alberto Salazar. And she came out. She was uh, one of the most highly touted uh, high school runners in history. She signed a professional contract immediately immediately after graduating yep. high school and was you know supposed to be like the next big uh, women's distance runner. And yeah. it never it never materialized. Uh, and, and she went into why a lot of that happened. She was she was overtrained terribly, shamed into it. Um, she was body shamed. She was told she was too heavy and even fat, and her butt was too big, and things like that. And uh, really led to a lot of uh, you know some dark space. Mary Kane lived in for a long time. Yeah. Uh, at, at the hands of, again, all time scumbag Alberto Salazar. And now she uh, she's making a comeback and she's kind of. Cha- I said last week that Alephine, uh, uh How do you pronounce her last name? Because I can't do it. Taliamuk? I think it's Taliamuk. Whatever. I was, I'm close enough. Just say it with confidence and you sound like you know what you're talking about. But. Uh, I said she had ch- she's been channeling her inner Allison Felix with how she's flaunting her badass motherhood uh, in the face of mm-hmm. the IOC. And Mary Kane's kind of channeling her inner Allison Felix now, too. Yeah. And uh, if, you, if you don't know what I'm talking about last week, and Adam and I are going to talk a little bit more about Allison Felix, but last week I talked a lot about Allison Felix uh, because of just what she's doing with her own shoe company. And how she's kind of, you know, really rubbing Nike's face in her success. And Mary Kane's starting to do some of the same thing. 
So you want to give us a little background on what Mary Kane's been doing? Yeah, she started a professional running team, women's running team in New York called uh, Atalanta, New York. She's going to be the CEO and president of it. And what I like about the structure of this is that it's it's really going to have two focuses. One is going to be on training the athletes that are part of it. Uh, and the athletes are going to be paid $60,000 a year for their involvement. Uh, I, I'm not going to pretend to know nearly enough about athlete compensation when it comes to running for bigger teams that are sponsored by bigger programs like Nike. Uh, I know that the really high-end athletes can be making six figures or more, um, but oftentimes, depending on how your racing is going, that pay can drop almost to zero. Uh, that's been one of the bigger issues, especially with women that have been running for Nike that have had to take time off because of pregnancy and how it's affected their contracts. Um, you know, so $60,000 is, uh, it's what they're going to be making, which is going to be less than you might make with some of the higher end companies, but it's going to be more than you can also make from some of those higher end companies if your performance is tailing off. So there's the training aspect to it. But then, uh, after training, they're going to be spending their afternoons, uh, working, uh, for nonprofit, basically reaching out into the New York community and underserved parts of New York, um, to be working with athletes in those areas. And what I love about that is one, it takes the onus away from performance being the only thing that matters. This isn't about just simply performing well and raking in money for the company. Uh, it's about really expanding out into the community, doing good for the community, being a presence within the community. And given what Mary Kane went through, uh, you can feel confident that what you're going to be seeing there is, you know, what I would consider to be a more holistic approach to running that, performance is still going to be important. Um, the first initial coach that she has working with this group is going to be Molly Seidel's coach. She's going to be representing the United States in the, in the Olympics in the marathon, you know, so a coach who knows what he's doing and, and has achieved great things with his athletes. So performance is still going to be important, but it's, it's more about, not more about, but it's also uh, being a service to the community and um, making sure that performance is not the only thing that's being measured and being the only thing that matters. And, you know, what, what really hit me reading this and then reading about, you know, you and I have talked about Allison Felix off air uh, in, in a group chat with also with Eric Geyer, friend of the pot, Eric Geyer. And just, I think what you're starting to see is as these athletes that have worked for bigger companies branch out on their own, you're seeing them fill in gaps uh, in terms of performance, in terms of kind of overall well-being that bigger companies like Nike have shown they don't necessarily care about. For Nike, it's about using those athletes, making sure that they're bringing in every amount of money that they can. And we understand that this is capitalism and, and that that is their main motivator to you know have those athletes to be able to market. And that's fine. But you know, you have to treat these athletes like people. They're not just athletes. They're not just commodities. They are people. And Allison Felix and Mary Kane are really through their efforts with their companies, making sure that the person side of the equation is being managed and being taken care of. And I think that's an important thing. And, you know, you're not going to take down a company like Nike doing something like this, but that doesn't mean that you can't really highlight the deficiencies of a Nike type approach where the the onus is purely on performance and they really right. seem to leave the human side of the equation out of things at times. 
yeah, I don't know what I really have to add, um, except you know, just like you were just saying, they're 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 kind of exposing. I, th I think Nike has been exposed, but I, I think what what these what these women are doing is uh, they're going to expose that you can actually you know continue to run a business and and be successful without marginalizing your athletes. Yeah, you know you, you can still you can still perf you can have people perform well without while, while with treating them like humans mm -hmm. <laughs> instead of you know just um, you know. A, I mean, it's almost, it's almost like assembly line. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, but I mean, they, it's, yeah, it's complete dehumanization. I mean, they're just, there's just robots for them and to be able to show that you can be successful uh, without that mentality towards your athletes is huge. And uh, especially when it comes to women who have been treated very differently than men. Uh, and, and yeah. on these teams and uh, yeah, to see, to see somebody, you know, Allison Felix took her uh, negative story, her heartbreaking story uh, about her pregnancy and uh, subsequent contract uh, uh, issues with Nike. And she turned it into an awesome Sage, which is just an amazing company. Uh, already that's just started. Uh, she, she's turned it into that. She's worked with Athleta and done some great things with them. Mary Kane is taking her experience and she, mm -hmm. she's, she's turning it into, she's trying to redeem it as much as she can. You can't turn your experience into a positive, but all you can do is redeem it. And yeah. uh, that's, that's where, that's where those ladies are. And it's just really, really awesome to see. And I hope, Mary Kane has great success. I'll be interested to follow that more because they haven't released any athletes. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to get like top of the line athletes. It does say that they'll be getting some recently graduated athletes. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we'll kind of see what they do, but it's, it's great that, you know, the nonprofit work they're going to be doing as well to help make sure women don't fall into some of the same traps that she had fallen into as, as, other women begin running. I kind of got the vibe from the type of athlete she's looking to bring in that it almost seemed kind of like the kind of like the early days of the Hanson's distance project. When they first started training athletes, they, they really went out and they sought athletes that had been good college performers, but hadn't necessarily been elite college performers. Mm -hmm. And Des Linden really is, is, is a good example of that. She was a very good college athlete, but she wasn't, um, she wasn't an elite college athlete. She wasn't, there weren't professional companies that were falling over themselves to sign her up. And she had decided she wanted to make the transition from the track to, you know, road racing. You know, she was, she went to the Hanson assistant project and was working for them, but also was having to work part-time doing other jobs just because she wasn't really bringing in enough money yet. But their, their whole idea was there's a lot of really good athletes out there that aren't quite at that level that we think we can train. And if the training goes right, we think we can really ratchet them up another level or so. And they obviously did that with Des. And uh, I kind of got the same vibe here. Like it's it's this idea that we don't have to go out and find the the best athletes based on their results right now. We can find really, really good athletes who are, are looking to level up. And we can provide a good, inclusive environment for them. 
um, a caring environment where they're not going to have to worry about, you know, the constant uh, battle about getting results or your contract's going to be cut. Right. And, you know, hey, when you've got that support, that goes a really long way. And uh, I think, I think, you know, we've talked about this before, some of the, some of the different athletes that we admire. I think what you're starting to see are these small running groups pop up, you know, Northern Arizona lead is another really good one. And, and talking about Allison Felix, you know, Alephine Tallymuck goes out, wins the women's marathon trials last year as, as somebody who was probably not nearly as well known as some of the other names in that race. COVID hits, the Olympics are canceled. She and her husband decide to have a baby. And that's something that in other in other running groups would have caused a lot of issues. You know, you were going to represent the country for the Olympics. That's a huge, you know, that's a huge feather in the cap of those teams that coach those athletes. So Everything that we seem to hear is that there hasn't ever been any issue with Northern Arizona lead having an issue with Alephine and her husband going out and doing that. They were you know, super supportive. You know, you make that life decision, do what's best for you. This interruption because of COVID happened. If that's the right time for you, go ahead and do it. And, you know, now she's getting ready to represent the country again. She just ran Peachtree yesterday. I think she took sixth. Um, but everything that you hear out of what's going on with Northern Arizona lead is that there's been nothing but support and these smaller these smaller running groups that have popped up uh seem to be building much better inclusivity and much better support for their athletes and so you're still going to have nike supported athletes and uh, you know it's not going to go away they're a huge driver in track and field and in road racing yeah but when i think about the athletes that you and i talk about admiring most of them seem to come from these smaller running teams that are doing it a different way and you know don't necessarily have the resources that a nike supported athlete can get but man you and i seem to love them they're certainly genuine and they they run at a high level too well and i tell you what uh when you're talking about nas elite i i don't think you're gonna see stephanie bruce uh <laughs> come down on alephine for having a kid i mean stephanie bruce is one of the like I mean, tip top yeah. moms in the running world. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she's, I, I mean, it, it's just crazy. Like that is, they are just, they're humans. Like yes. they're humans who run. <laughs> and, and they're family is and part of life. Like, right. And, and you shouldn't have to, you know, these women shouldn't have to wait until they're 38 and past their prime to have a child. Yeah. And yeah, it's. I, I didn't I, even think I didn't even think about the team aspect of it. And then I'm like, not like Stephanie Bruce. She's yeah. like, yes, do it. Run the truck, run the marathon at the Olympics pregnant. Who cares? Like she wouldn't give a shit. You know, I think about, you think about the difference then, um, Kara Goucher running, I think Boston so soon after she had, um, I think her son and you know, saying like, yeah, Physically, she was ready. Mentally, she wasn't. And she really always kind of traced that back to some of her drop off in performance. And hey, who was she coached by at the time? Mm -hmm. Scumbag. Speaking of Northern Arizona Elite, um, I'm wearing the shirt that I got. You can't see it because of the mic. Train hard, race fearlessly. God, I love this shirt. You're, you're becoming with sleeves like I am with shirts. This is true. Yeah, I'm starting to go with the sleeveless look. That's... um. 
I got my nice little PLX running tank too. I I love it. Did you Sons wear out, guns out? Did you wear a sleeveless shirt for the Fourth of July? Uh to race, and then I just wore a regular shirt, and then I oh. went to work and wore my work uniform. I only have like four or five of them. It's still a newer look for me. I wore my Penny Hardaway jersey. You did. It's the most badass. I, I will only wear it once a year. It's awesome because it's actually from 1996. Mm -hmm. And so I was 11. And it's still, I mean, it's painted on, but I can still wear it. So it, it works. I'm, I'm not the greatest patriot in the world, but uh, when I have the opportunity to get drunk and wear that jersey, I'm going to take it. <laughs> well the olympics are starting soon so you'll have plenty of opportunities to get drunk and wear that jersey sure I'm, i'll have to do that i guess yeah, although no because then i'll be training so i can't be getting drunk all the time anymore all yeah. the time i don't know <laughs> that sounds so awful just four times a week now this this weekend there's been plenty so my i think i'm gonna take it easy today so we, we hinted a lot at Allison Felix. You wanted I, I spoke a lot on Allison Felix last week. Um, yeah. Was there anything you wanted to add uh, to what she's been doing and what she's overcome and how much of a badass she is for qualifying for her fifth Olympics? And and it can't be understated. God, fifth that not Olympics only is amazing. Not only is it fifth Olympics, it's fifth Olympics plus one year. Because it should have been last yeah. year. So it's it's 21 yeah. years that she's been qualifying for the Olympics, not even 20, which that one year at that age can make a huge difference. I mean, you look at Jenny Simpson. I talked about her last week. That one year made a big difference with her. I mean, your, your windows are so small when you're older. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's why I told you, go after it in the fall. Yeah. You know, you're there. Like, don't waste that peak. Jenny Simpson, yeah. who is like the OG middle distance runner for women uh, and has been, you know, such a model for women who have run those distances. Uh, she, you know, she was in great shape last year. COVID happens, no trials and she finishes sixth. So Allison Felix plus that one year is qualified again, not in, not in each event, but she qualified in her 400. So, but what what uh so what thoughts do you have uh, on Allison that you would like to add? You know, in terms of the business aspect of it and what she's doing, I don't have much to add because I think we've covered that really well talking about that with Mary Kane. Um, you know, I love athletes branching out and saying my experience with previous teams has not worked for me. I'm going to fill in the gaps with what bigger companies aren't doing. In terms of 21 years, you know, especially in the events that she competes in, those are more pure strength events. Short mm -hmm. sprints are pure strength events. You can you can have an extended, lengthy career road racing like Meb had if you're able to stay in good shape and you use the wisdom that you bring to the table in terms of how you want to execute your tactics. Right. Because so much of what goes on in longer road races is not so much about it's about the people that are best at not slowing down it slowing down the least i'm going to start out and then i'm going to throw in enough surges that make other people doubt themselves and 
hold on to that lead and not slow down too much. With short sprints, you don't have that. It's gun, bang, go. You have to be able to generate and bring that power and that strength for that short amount of time to be competitive in those events. And the fact that over two decades, she's managed to continue to do that is absolutely insane. And uh, so I just, I, I celebrate the fact that she has been able to do that and compete at that high level and continue to return to that level over two decades. Cause there's very few people that are capable of doing it. It's, you know, in, in a track sense, it's, she's not as decorated as Michael Phelps, but I think in terms of the longevity and that relevancy, it measures up with what Michael Phelps did. And especially on the women's side, like what other, I mean, I'm, they may exist. And so I'm just curious, are, are there other women who have stayed around in their sport the way she has? Uh, when we're talking about running, you obviously have like Serena Williams, who is one of the greatest athletes of all time. And Simone Biles, who, again, I mean, th those are two of the most dominant athletes ever. And I'm, but I'm trying to think like when we're talking about track and field or like, is there anybody else who is on Allison Felix's level? marathon running anything um the only one that i can think of is maybe jackie joiner kersey that's maybe the only one that i can think of and you're talking about you know you're talking about a heptathlete and a long jumper you're going back to i'm looking at her now she's silvered in the heptathlon in the 84 olympics um and then she was winning bronze medals in atlanta so that's yeah. four Olympics that she did because she did uh, Los Angeles, Seoul, Barcelona, and then Atlanta. So that's four. Um, anyone else off the top of my head? No. Yeah. And like you said, they're probably out there. And I'm only thinking about American athletes like right now. Right. I don't have my depth, especially when it comes to like shorter events and track and field. The depth of my knowledge is pretty weak. Um, Very U.S. based for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, even though we're running podcasts and you and I do tend to pay a lot of attention to, I'd, I'd say like marathoning kind of worldwide. Um, I'll be the first to admit that when it comes to track and field, I tune in during the Olympics and I'm not great at tuning in otherwise. And that's, that's kind of a track and field issue. I don't feel like track and field does a great job of marketing itself in this country. Unfortunately, I'm just a big Olympic guy. Yeah. We talked about a few weeks ago, there are athletes I follow and I follow yes. their results when they post them. I am interested in what they do, I, I, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not sitting down on a Thursday night to watch people run around in circles. Um, but I will right. watch it. I definitely will watch it during the Olympics. Yes. Is, you get to, you get to see some once in a lifetime stuff. My parents yes. got to see, um, Michael Johnson run in 96 in person, man, that that's one of my first Olympic memories. I remember vaguely some of the earlier Olympics, like 92. I remember the, you know, the dream team in 92, but I remember Michael Johnson. I knew a little bit about his story and what he thought he'd been able to do in previous Olympics and hadn't been able to do. And just what a big deal it was when he doubled there in the two and the four. I mean, and that guy, he didn't just win those races. He right. ran away with those races. He, he was Usain Bolt before Usain Bolt, but without the yeah. – yeah. Usain Bolt is like – I know we were talking about women, but 
Allison Felix is like the female Usain Bolt, where the longevity and the ability yeah. to be at the top of your events like she has been. Yeah. Because, I mean, he was around forever. Yeah. Just like Michael Phelps in swimming. I mean, they were, yeah. they were the same athlete. And, I mean, doing it in multiple events, relays, all of that. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it, and he just seems like a good dude, too. That's yeah. I always love that about him. Always, you know handing like a hat or something to the guy, to the people behind his, uh, his starting blocks or whatever, dapping them up, doing whatever, just always seemed like he legit, he just loves doing what he does. Yeah. And, uh, that, I didn't expect, I didn't have Usain Bolt on here, but my, how our conversations go. Um, I think the other thing with Michael Johnson and it specifically resonates with me is that he was a guy who, who thought he had it and it didn't come together for him. And the fact that he had to wait for it, but it eventually did mm -hmm. has always resonated with me. Um, and just seeing what it meant to him. I mean, I can still remember him being on the podium. I can't remember which race it was that he gold medaled in first, but I remember seeing him on the podium and just listening to the anthem and just like that one single tear falling down his cheek. It was like, it took him a while but he finally got what he wanted and it, you could just see how much it meant to him when it happened. That was a great story in 96. So what, the athletes at that distance that are the most fun are the ones who are a little flamboyant and uh, very uh, eccentric. And, you know, we, we had um, Michael Johnson with his gold shoes, the gold and, shoes. Yep, that he threw into the stands and, uh, for this Olympics, we were supposed to have Shikari Richardson, who you could not mistake who she is on the track. Uh, she's got her um, her weave is strong, <laughs> bright orange, tons of makeup, <laughs> and fast as hell. And we're going to miss her over pretty much a technicality. Well, it's not a technicality. The rule sucks. It's not a technicality. Marijuana's on the banned substance list. That being said, it's a stupid rule. There's nothing performance enhancing about marijuana. Right. I mean, and there's there's Michael Joyner, Dr. Michael Joyner, who uh, is a uh, he's a medical doctor, I think at the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. Um, he's been interviewed by Brad Solberg and Steve Magnus for their books. I mean, he is somebody who is locked into performance uh, and, and the medicine behind performance. Uh, he was talking about this on Twitter uh, over the weekend and said, there's just no medical reason for marijuana to be on the banned substance list. It does not enhance right. performance at all. Um, so yeah, it's it's one of those things. There, there's so much that is arbitrary about the IOC and USADA and WADA. And we talked about this with Shelby Houlihan a couple of weeks ago, just how arbitrary all of it seemed that the punishments for different athletes for what seemed to be the same infringements seem to vary so widely, how there's no... Um, there really isn't a lot of transparency in terms of how these decisions are reached, 
in terms of what goes into making those decisions, in terms of why those decisions are so different for the same or for different athletes. Um, it's just why, if you want to appreciate the best performances at the Olympics, why do you make it so hard for the best performers to get there? Yeah. I don't understand it. I call it a technicality because like you said, it's arbitrary. It's not performance enhancing. So why, why USADA's testing for it anyways? Well, it's on the, the banned substance list. But, but, it's not, but it's not doping. There's nothing that yes. the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency shouldn't be testing for things that aren't doping and performance enhancing related. I don't that care I if agree it's with. Substance, substance or not. I mean, it, shouldn't, it just shouldn't be. A, and, and it's a substance that's legal or not criminalized in so many states. Right. I mean, so I, I don't. Why, why is why is the U.S. anti-doping agency testing for a non-performance enhancing drug? It is. I I, I don't get it. That is. Uh, I, I, it makes no sense. And and it took us. It took the opportunity to see her run away from us. And it took her chance, all her hard work. I mean, I I somewhat understand the well it's a rule don't do it but it's like it it shouldn't be it just shouldn't it should not in any way shape or form be something they're testing for and so i i don't know i yes technically i guess maybe she shouldn't have but why is it there and that's that's the that's at the heart of this issue it's not whether or not she should have done it. It's whether or not that should even be on the list. And it shouldn't be. Point blank, period, that end of sentence. I don't know. I, I have nothing else to say. It shouldn't be on a list of... For USADA, doping. It's not doping. Right. It's performance dehancing, if anything. Well... And see, even there, I, I hate that argument because, you know, people are like, well, man, it just makes it even more impressive that she stepped up to the line around that stone. She, she wasn't stoned at the start line. People can smoke marijuana oh, the no, night I, before. I'm not saying she was stoned. At yeah, the start no, line. no. So it's like, I don't think it's performance de-enhancing you know, de either. It's. Uh, I, I, I said it, if I any. hate. If anything, it's that is what I was saying. I'm not right. saying I'm, I'm saying it's I just, our, 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 our sensibility about marijuana is just so stupid in this mm -hmm. country. Um, it just is. It really is. I mean, the number of things that you can get a prescription for that are engineered um, that do exactly the same thing. And then you can't. You know, there's so many states where you still can't smoke it. You can't get it unless you have a prescription for it. Um, it's just so stupid. And we know why. We know why marijuana is still illegal in a lot of cases. It's 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 criminalized because of the people that use it. You know, it, it what drives right. me nuts is that it's I'm even gonna I'm gonna pull back on that because there are plenty of people that do not look like Shikari Richardson who smoke marijuana. It would never have any issues if they were caught doing it. Conan O'Brien smoked a joint on yes. his show the last week that uh, he's on TBS with no recourse. Yeah. 
Granted, he's in a state where you can do that, so and that's, that's why there's no recourse. Yeah, oh, we, but I, I just, didn't even think about that part of it. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's just, it's stupid because this is one of those things where it's been stigmatized for so long that that stigma still exists, and it's just, it, it's a stupid, it's a stupid stigma. It is no more dangerous than alcohol is. It's just time to decriminalize it across the board. And less, it's less dangerous than alcohol is. Yeah. It's less dangerous than cigarettes are. Yes. It's less dangerous than pain medication is. I, I, so I grew up with a friend whose mother had multiple sclerosis. And uh, at the time, what medications were available to her did not work. What did, and this is probably going to sound crazy to people, but what did was she would actually the venom and bee stings would alleviate a lot of her symptoms. She would actually sting herself with bees. She would smoke a joint while she did it because it hurt. I mean, and it did help alleviate her symptoms. I remember reading up, this is 20 years ago. I remember reading up a little bit on the science behind it because this was like, he was, um, there were two of us that were distance runners in my grade in high school that ran track and he was the other one. It was the two of us. Um, and I remember reading a little bit on it. Granted, this is the pre-internet age, but I remember reading up on it. You know, there were articles in the New York Times about it. It's like there was science behind it and it did work for her. Um, she smoked a joint while she did it because it helped alleviate the pain. Because obviously, stinging yourselves multiple times with bees isn't exactly comfortable. Um, it's just, to me, this has nothing to do, like you said, with performance. This has to do with stigma. And it goes back to who gives a shit? about these things get the best athletes at the games yeah they don't all have to they don't all have to look and act the way that maybe the higher ups and powers that be want them to just get the best athletes at the games well the onion really knocked it out of the park as they often do they posted they do their their uh news and photos where they just post (laughs) a photo and then a caption to it and well they posted a photo of shikari richardson and the caption to it is dream crushed over trivial bullshit represents nation better than gold medal ever could. <laughs> and if I tell you what, if that doesn't absolutely knock it out of the park. Yeah. And that's where we are because we're missing one of the great athletes of 2021 over some trivial bullshit. Yeah. And there has been, I, I, and there have been far more people that I have seen um, who have been quick to jump on Shikari Richardson than they were to jump on Shelby Houlihan. And that seems messed up. I hate that comparison. It's two very different things. It is, but one, one is performance enhancing. One has nothing to do with the sport whatsoever. And you're not going to jump on the performance enhancing person, but people are jumping on somebody smoking weed. I, and this is where I don't like the comparison because I think the support Shelby Houlihan got was largely because of her previous record of being completely clean on top of the people that she is surrounded with who have records of competing clean and coaching clean. I think that has a lot more to do with, We've said when we talked about Shelby Houlihan, we talked about how we make judgments on people based on the records of the people around them. If Alberto Salazar had somebody running 
and something seemed out of place, we automatically started to question the performance of that person, Galen Rupp, because of who his coach was. Um, so I think the Shelby Houlihan thing had far more to do with, well, all of a sudden that starts to make us question Jerry Schumacher and Shalane Flanagan and that coaching group who has no record whatsoever of doing things dirty. And I think that's why the, that's why I don't like the comparison. Cause I think it's two very different arguments and two very different, um, concerns here. And I've actually, I haven't really seen much criticizing Shikari Richardson at all. I've seen largely nothing but support. Granted, I do very little interaction on social media. I've gotten into the weeds a couple of times on some news posts. The comment section. Mm. Oh, Andrew, you know better than I, that, I, I do, but I, I check it out. I, I check it out on pretty much everything. I'm always curious what the, I'm the always, people, I'm always curious what people think. The people and, that are most motivated to comment on that stuff have absolutely no life. <laughs> I, they I hunt love, for hey, those articles. But we're, we're here doing this and they hunt for those articles <laughs> just to bury them. Like, yeah, no, the loudest. Have you seen the, have you seen the show or the show, the movie American gangster? No. Oh man. Denzel Washington. Great movie. Uh, the line that I always remember from that movie is the loudest one in the room is the weakest one in the room. That's what I think about the people in comment sections. Yeah. But yeah, I, it's on, I've seen it on Twitter too. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I won't, I won't make the, I won't go down the rabbit hole of that comparison anymore, but I find it interesting. Don't get me wrong. But, for some, I know what you're hinting at. And for some, that absolutely is the issue. I just, I, from a sporting perspective, I think they're two very different conversations. Well, I'm speaking of conversation. This conversation's over. It's time to move on. Now they're all gone. Yeah. Hopefully next week, uh, I'm feeling a little better. Yes. And talking a little more about running and maybe some hard workouts. Training for Columbus is going to be starting very, very soon. Yeah. So I, I need to get back up to 100%. You've started training already. And uh, so we're, we're definitely going to have some training to talk about. Yep. We're going to maybe try to. Oh, and we're going to be able to talk about some Olympic previews, too. Yeah. Because that's starting in just a couple of weeks. God, so, yeah, some good stuff. Maybe we'll bring out. Maybe we'll be like Varel and we'll throw the kitchen sink and we'll talk about swimming and everything because we got freaking Katie Ledecky, who is amazing. Yeah. Who, who, who that's like watching Michael Phelps. Uh, I mean, so we, we have, we have some fun athletes to talk. Simone Biles, probably her last Olympics. Oh my God. Uh, you know, so another have, one that's just like Michael Phelps, just so great. Just do, absolute dominance. And, uh, so yeah, we, we got some stuff besides just running to talk about. So, uh, yeah, really excited. And, uh, we'll do more soon. So Adam, stop yawning because I'm it's sorry. over. And I managed to do all of this without my bottle of water that I couldn't find. And I never even went to look for it. So not, but I'm just really, well I'm just really thirsty now. So, uh, until next week, enjoy your miles, everybody.